Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast we're going to do bud's creek wrap up and this thing is presented by thor mx thor mx the official gear of adam scene cerillo number 292 in your program number one in my wife's heart thank you everybody check out thormx.com and btosports.com listen to these commercials on here to uh, to save money at btosports.com and we thank them for everything that they do for us all right let's get going it's bud's creek wrap up with me still in washington dc he just can't get enough of the capital is uh uh, Jason Thomas, privateer hero. Yeah, just outside there. I was there all day today, though. Right. Um, and now you're down Travis Pastrana's homeland? I am. I'm right in, in Annapolis. I am. Wow. Naval Academy, thinking about switching careers. You should try that, yeah. Do you meet the height requirement to fly a jet? Negative. Right. More roller coasters. Uh, all right. And also, um, my boss, uh, the Racer X online editor, the man who cracks the whip, Jason Wygant. Yeah, that's right. We're doing this podcast tonight, and you're giving it to me tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Get on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bud's Creek has come and gone. Um, let's start with. Uh, well, let's start with the track first of all. I wish they'd get rid of that start. That's stupid. GP designation start they put in. Although JT, you and I were talking about it on Friday night. Probably in between you hitting me with pillows. Um, the the inside gate wasn't the number one gate all the time. Did you notice that? Yeah, but it was still overwhelmingly the inside. The 800 pulled both holies, and he was somewhere around six or seven. Yeah, oh. he he likes being he likes going outside. Yeah, but uh, I still feel that that race favors the inside clearly more than any other. Yeah, I wish they'd change a little bit. Geez, uh, JT, um, I think that's four starts I've seen there since I've been going there. Is that four up on top of the hill? Going up a hill. And wasn't there one more in there? There are four um, or three? I think there were three. One, two. I thought there was four. Really? I don't know. I think it's I think it's three. Maybe. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. now they seem pretty, obviously they're pretty married to that with the big giant billboards and gate and flat, you know, made it flat and everything, but. Uh, oh, this one's way better than the second one. Um, oh, that one up on top on the concrete? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one's a train wreck. Well, at least you could run it either way, though. You know, you could run it your way. I've crashed so many times on that start. <laughs> I Literally, just... I, I one weekend I crashed in the qualifier and then both motos. So three times in one day I crashed on the start. Um, I guess they it's could run like it. Exceptionally gnarly crashes. Those first turn crashes there too, like exceptionally fast and violent. Sometimes, right? sometimes the dudes just tumbled down the hill after the right because it was you know <laughs> as you were turning right. Yeah, but, well, it's like go you know. Go 150 yards as fast as you can on a dirt bike, and then everyone turn, you know, 120 degrees to the right all at once. How come we don't go uh, clockwise with the new start? 
They could. Have we ever? I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, I was looking at it, and they would have to change it. We've always just... They would have to change the start, but... It's always been a hairpin, like right back. Well, we did go up. We Wait, did. On that start? Yeah, we did. Yep. Oh, oh, I don't remember. Okay. We sure did. Right. Really? Yeah. Uh, 08, we did. Wow. We went, uh, basically just bended to the left and then climbed the hill. Um. Anyways, Bud's Creek always prepped really good, huh, JT? It is. I, there's been hit and miss. I know 07, Ricky yeah, yeah. went ballistic on everybody about right. the track prep. Yeah. Um, but typically, it is really well prepared, yes. Yeah, in practice, looks so good. Yeah, yeah it did. It was it got rough, man. I, it was one of the rougher Bud's Creek, I remember. Yeah. Track was really rough. Um, where does – Bud's Creek's been having a national, I think, since 89. How? Where are we at on the Bud's Creek – National Weege. Do we like it? Is it a good one? I think is it's it, made a is it middle of made, the pack? made a little run here. I think it's making a little run. Um that oh seven year obviously Ricky went ballistic, but I think there was a long time even in the nineties where people were saying it was just so hard to pass. And I don't think it was known as being exceptionally well prepped like it is now. I think it's made a comeback like the last um couple of years. I don't think it was ever considered anything special until more recently. That's the vibe I get. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Jay? What do you think, JT? Uh, I've always been a big fan. Uh, my first year there was '96 when I was an amateur, and uh, I loved it ever since then. I was really, really pumped on it when I went there, and I actually snuck out for a pro practice on uh, Sunday morning, wow. which a lot of guys used to do. Really? Uh, I remember <laughs> Sellers and Dunaway and much guys. Yeah, we all used to do it. We'd just put three-digit numbers on our bikes, and yeah, how about it? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. That's, I know, oh, uh, yeah. you know, Nick Ways told the story about Kenny Watson getting him those little dots. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But uh, no, every, Everybody used to do it, Nick Way, myself, and pretty much everybody that was coming up at the time. Right. There was a few-year span where it was common practice. I mean, it was definitely wasn't legal, but right. wasn't much policing going on. <laughs> I, uh, another thing that's crazy about you want to talk about back in the day, uh, I raced Millville National as a B-rider in Canada. Like, I wasn't even legal to race at all, but you just go down there. You bought the one-day license. They used to have a one-day license. You would just go there and be like, I'm from Canada, and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pro in Canada. And they'd go, okay. Like, all these people did it in Canada. You didn't have, like, they just were like, okay. They just took your word for it. Whatever. Did they, did they like, snicker and kind of giggle? Um, no. I when just, they took your money? I just remember thinking, like, I remember reading interviews and guys would be like, he's turning pro next year. You know, Robbie Renard is going to race. He can't wait till he turned pro. And all of us are like, shit, we just go down now and race. Like, there were some dudes that tried to tried to race it that were not very fast, but they got in. They paid the one day license fee and got in. Those were the good old days when Do- when Doris was running things. Doris, <laughs> man, um, Doris we probably Doris do, we could good. probably do a whole podcast of you know, there, there's still things that go on in the Nationals that people aren't, aren't happy about and there's not enough progress and things could be better. But you could probably do a whole podcast when you really think over, say, the last 20 years, like the experience that maybe we have. Yeah. They've come a long friggin' way. Like, just think about how unfathomable that is. That right. just, you just get the right color sticker on your number plate just like any local race and you'd be out there just riding with the fastest riders in the world. That's just completely, yeah. preposterously unfathomable that that would happen right. today. Right, right. Things yeah. like that. Well, or, to be honest with you, I think the only thing, 
I think the only thing stopping it now is just the tra- whole transponder kind of deal. I, I still think you could probably get away with it. If it weren't for transponders, you could get away with it. Well, that's the point, though. You can't. I think that, yeah, I think that almost illustrates it. Like, that's how unsophisticated it was. But it was just Doris in the scoring tower yeah. doing the results. So, right. well, whatever the hell you want. I, st- I, mean, I still think you get away with it. Let, I really do. Let's, and let's face it, too. The AMA also used to trust a 10 year old Jason Thomas to run score sheets for nationals back and forth. <laughs> if like, you. <laughs> If you kind of uh, blew past the guy that was like that clicks the button as you go through, like there's a guy that clicks a button right, to make sure your transponder's right. on. If you kind of blew past him and fooled him a little bit, or he wasn't paying attention, I have no doubt that you could pull it off. I don't think so. I think they would. They, you wouldn't register. People would be like, "Why isn't this guy registering?" But who who was going to notice? Who was uh, going to notice that you didn't register? Uh, someone. No. Uh, nope. I don't think so. Well, now because have, if you're now, not on the if you're not on the screen, no one's paying attention to like in the unseated. If you're number nine 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 or whatever, no one's gonna be like, "Huh, I've been watching this nine nine guy nine guy, and I don't see him on the screen." No one is doing that. Now, that, we, you know, now, is in control. Now we have a challenge, JT. Gear up. Try to get out there. No, I, I'm retired. No, just just I mean we know that, but just gear up. Practice. Just practice. Practice. Get a bike. Nah, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't think you'd get in trouble. I do think it's possible, though. Who's going to get you in trouble? Davey? Well, I mean, obviously, if it goes wrong, they're not going to be pleased. Have you ever seen Roy Jansen mad? (laughs) Not good. (laughs) Just be like, hey, why can't? Have you ever met Davey's sister? The official official announcer of the series thought I should try this. Oh, yeah. Go over much better then. That would solve all problems. (laughs) Okay, just Pulp MX. We're doing something for Pulp MX. Yeah. <laughs> Should be fine. Um, I don't know. Uh, okay, so so we so we Hud's Creek. We like it, except for when you when you book a hotel at the wrong airport. We don't like that. But that's just being old and dumb. So, but you didn't you book your? I think you booked the wrong hotel. Yeah, I booked. I thought I was flying into another airport. Yeah, and then booked. Well, the hotel. no, you booked the wrong airport. No, no, I booked the right airport. I just no. Nah, you shouldn't have flown in Dallas. Dallas sucks. Okay, well, uh, sorry. I'll yeah. you. I didn't realize you no were one, in, No I, one flies an adult. I didn't know you were an airport guy. Like, a, Well, you're 30 minutes further. Well, I think that's all my airline goes to. Well, there's your first problem. All right, okay. Let's move on. 450s. Uh, first moto. RV. RV was getting caught. I would have liked to have seen what was going to happen. I mean, I guess I thought, obviously, Dungy had... Shocker, Dungy had problem getting by lappers. Um, you know, the one thing that we always talk about, maybe his passing skills aren't on point as much as some of the other guys. And it he really caught RV up, and then the lappers seemed to help. So it's hard to say before Dungy crashed what would have happened, although RV opened up a little bit. But there's no doubt, JT, that Dungy caught him. It was a good ride. Yeah, I was kind of uh, looked at the lap times and studying a little bit um, um, because I didn't have that data in front of me during the race. Uh but Bill Potter really didn't change anything. He was doing 159 to two minutes per lap pretty consistently. And Dungey dropped into the 159s and started catching him quite a bit. And it was visually you could see him catching him. Uh, so I was kind of trying to figure out. I wanted to see afterwards what was kind of going on time-wise. Uh, and then I don't know if lappers or if Dungey made mistakes or what happened, but Dungey kind of lost time two laps in a row, and Bill put a stretch to back out. 
and then Dungey crashed. And I'm not sure if Dungey tried to pick it back up and crashed or just made him, you know, yeah. I don't know if they were related or not, but uh, it definitely was very coincidental if not. You know, Villapoto kind of re-gapped him, and then Dungey crashed, uh, which is very uncharacteristic for Dungey to crash like that. I do think it was lappers, though, that enabled RV to pull it back out, Weege. Okay. What do you think? Uh, it was uh, partly that, but both of them kind of spoke about it after the race. This is weird. You know, at the start, uh, Villapoto started third, and then he doubled the inside of those rollers, and that yeah. roller section was so so difficult all day. Um, okay, so he Villapoto used that to his advantage on the first lap to take the lead. Then he said he couldn't get it right again for several laps, and then Dungey actually did, and he thinks that's where he was losing a ton of time. And then once he figured it out, he got to the lappers better, yes, but then he said once he got those rollers figured out, then he was good. Now, he's looking at the lap times and saying it's not like all of a sudden Villopoto gained two seconds a lap. But he said that's where it was. And then to add to that, that's also the section where Dungey ended up going down. So they both had, like, really good and really bad things happen to each of them in one race, in one section. I don't see those rollers making, you know, a a big difference like that. Oh, no? Did you watch the second 250 moto with Durham and Baggett? Yeah, yeah. You mean, like, two seconds in that one section? You think it was two seconds? Uh, yes, yeah. it was a massive difference. Yes, I or watch Villapoto pass Alessian Dungeon in the first lap. Yeah, was that a- was impressive to me. Yeah, I was literally just shaking my head that he continually does that to these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was where Dungey made his time, and then maybe that's uh, where RV got got him back and. and but, I, I think the lappers did play a part, yeah. too, but I don't think it was just the lappers. I, I saw more lapper issues on my end. I was at the far end, of course, mm-hmm. from those rollers. I could see them, but I couldn't, you know, right. totally tell. But I could, um, yeah, I, I, I could see lappers getting in the way, though, for sure. Some of those off-cambers and stuff. Um, second moto, Villapoto said he took too long to get to the second place, but I don't know if it would have mattered, Wygant. I don't he never, know. Uh, I mean, he never had the lap time. No, to... no. He, nope. He got into second yep. and wasn't even matching. Wasn't even matching. Was losing time. So Couple things were weird that they talked about after the race, and that's, um, you know, Villapoto came in here with a great record at Bud's Creek. But even in the first moto, at the end of it, he said he just didn't quite feel super comfortable. And then, obviously, the second moto, he wasn't the same uh, level of dominance that he's had most of the year. He said that he struggled a little bit with this setup, and Dungey, meanwhile, felt like he really uh, found something so you thought that this track was obviously going to be just more more destruction for Villapoto, but it seemed to, for whatever reason, this weekend, work in Dungey's favor. I mean, you, unlike Tennessee, where you could clearly say, hey, Villapoto, that was the difference maker, I think you could easily say Dungey was just a better guy this weekend. We, uh, JT? Yeah, I was surprised. Um, I, to be honest, when, Dun- when Villapoto got into second place, the gap was so big. I was pretty much already of the mindset that Villapoto wasn't going to catch him. You know, I was like, ah, oh, maybe he'll make cut into it a little bit, but the gap's way too big. And then he really didn't make up any time. If anything, Dungey pulled no, away. No, he lost time. He absolutely lost time. I was watching. Yeah. I was watching the, right. the the timers. He, yeah, right. he he, you know, I think he got into it. It was about seven seconds, and when he got into second, yeah, no, it was way worse. No, it was way more than that. I think it was like twelve or fifteen, and then it got yeah, exactly. It was like twelve. Well, okay, maybe he lost seven seconds then. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, yeah, something like that. I, I definitely was looking, and he, yeah, he couldn't even match him. So, you know what, Weege, when you were saying that Barsha is the guy with the speed, and Barsha's the one. Oh, that, me, yeah, yeah, you're right. When, when you were saying that, you're, you were wrong. You, <laughs> I, you were, I, I can't. Man. You were I, wrong. I, what yeah. can I say? I, I love hockey. Uh, that theory of mine is completely gone right now. Um, Hockey's awesome, and I love Basset Hounds. Sweet swing and a miss for me because uh, maybe, hey, maybe this is the beginning of something. We each with with, with Dunge. I mean, he's clearly been the second place guy, but uh, Villapoto bad start or not or whatever, Dungey was better this weekend. Yeah, I think so. And uh, they both in the press conference they talked about it. And um, really, I guess what challenged the setup for everyone is that um, I mean, obviously, most of the tracks we've gone to this year are big hills but this is just so darn rough and those hills thrown in it was really uh tough for everyone to get their setup right and dungy surprisingly candid and dropping a lot of information said that they figured out they just needed to stiffen the forks a whole bunch for the second moto because it was just so rough going downhill and once he did that he said it was so much easier to ride he saved a ton of energy and Villapoto said that his bike wasn't working on these hills he said it was kind of like hangtown where like no matter where you go like, no matter what line you find, it's still going to be crappy. It's still going to be square edge and choppy and rough. And he just couldn't get it together. So, I mean, and he also, to Villapota's credit, he said it wasn't like I was so far back that I wasn't going to try. Like, he's like, I tried to reel him in. Yeah. I couldn't do it. So, it was pretty cool that they were both so candid about stuff. Yeah, they got a pretty good rivalry going, but it's, at the same time, it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty good. Both, both guys. Yeah. Yeah, they don't... Um, the only time I've ever seen them fully wince was at Hangtown. One of the local reporters asked Dungey, uh, you know, hey, Villapoto just won a Supercross title. He just won both motos today. Is it fair to say that he's the best rider in the world? And Dungey just hemmed and hawed, but there was no chance he was giving that up. He wouldn't go that far. Hey, guys, at this point in the podcast, as I'm talking to the Jasons, my dog Rocky walks in on the freshly $150 shampooed rugs two days ago, looks at me. And just drops pee everywhere on the carpet while I'm talking to these two. So we had to put the thing on hold while I went and uh, beat Rocky down for doing that. He should know better. So this is what leads on to this next uh, point about us coming back. So I just thought thought I'd put some reference in there for you. Lay some groundwork down. Thanks for listening. Here's the rest of the podcast. And we're back on the podcast. Um, i take a little break there. Had to take a little break because Mathis's dog, Rocky, took a little break on the carpet. Oh, tell you what. I don't know how you're going to pull yourself together emotionally. I know you're very mad now. Would anybody like a Bassin now for free right now? Um, all right. I don't have a speakerphone. I don't want my wife to hear that offer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. So this could be a turning point for Ryan Dungey. There's no doubt. Um, interested to see what happens this week at Southwick. Dungey's good at Southwick. RV is too. But I just I seem to remember more memorable rides JT from from uh, Dungey at Southwick than RV. Yeah, and I don't think RV's raced it a ton, you know. Um, yeah. For you know injury reasons and whatever, but yeah, I agree with you. You know, he in the mud when when Dungey's bike broke, I honestly feel like he really took it easy that moto uh, because he knew Dungey wasn't out there. Yeah. I don't think he expected Dungey to be in the race at all. Yeah. And he got third, I think. Um, I think he got third or second, maybe. Yeah, and to be honest, I probably feel like Barsha may have some of the most memorable rides there. 
for some reason. I, I don't know why I think that, but you know, well, the, the race Dungey won. won Medi had it won. Yeah, I think I thought he beat Dungey straight up. Then Barsha beat Dungey straight up another time. Uh, so I, I don't think it's really a huge, uh, you know, bright spot for either of them going into the weekend. So maybe my theory will be correct here. Yours. Yeah. Oh yeah, we. You have I, mean, I mean, we. I mean, we. Your theory, Weech. Mark uh, is really good there. There's no doubt. It should be. Yeah, should be good. Um, also, too, Tyler Rattray at Southwick getting on. Is he talking, okay? Talking a little bit. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, jammed his wrist or something, but um, getting looking ahead to next weekend, maybe Tyler Rattray. I don't. I think he's only been off the podium one time there. Overall. So, yeah, one, in, one in, moto last year in the 450. Um, so we'll see. Um, we'll see. Can I tell you something funny that we did uh, uh, over the weekend? In the first moto, when Dungey had pretty much caught Villapoto, TV crew made the decision to purposely go to a commercial, knowing the history of Dungey. He wasn't going to make a pass instantly. So they, play, they hedged the bet <laughs> to say, mm, it'll probably take him at least a lap. Right. Make a pass, and then we then we can get a couple in during that lap, and surely then they'll still be battling, but we won't miss the pass. So at this point, that's what you've come to expect for Dungey, and we did not miss a pass. It worked brilliantly. Yeah. So that's that's where we're at with Dungey sometimes. Like you can you can predict what's going to happen. It's, yeah. I don't know. Um, they, they are what they are. These guys. Uh, Michael Lessie should have probably went three three on the day. He's getting better. Got both hole shots. He told me after the race how excited he is to be only trailing Barsha by two points or something in this whole shot in this whole shot game. I think I don't know if it was two or four or something. Um, he's getting better, JT. Starts are definitely um, much better for sure. So I'm not, I'm not sure if it was a bike change or a practice change or a confidence thing or whatever, but mark mark difference this weekend. He can be a three guy right now with those, with, if he gets his points, if he gets his starts on point. Absolutely. Right, Weech? I, I think we that, expected I mean, that. Well, I don't know. I mean, didn't we think that maybe Trey Kennard or Justin Barsha could beat him? No, to, I mean, to, be, a, to be possibly a three guy. Not 100% he's going to be a three guy, but for yeah. him to be, you know, in the, in the conversation, we expected that. I was impressed with him this weekend. Nobody, everybody, you know, it's Michael Lessie and it's Tony and – Auto concepts and hot tubs, and we all have our share of giggles at everything. You two included. Oh, yeah. Medical procedures. Uh, top secret technology. Medical medical procedures. We all smart tub. We we do. We have our giggles, but I mean, this guy's a legit outdoor hero. Hero. Well, you know what I mean. Just uh, he's 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 really good outdoors. Yeah, in the first moto, um, was Barsha ever a threat to him at all? Like, did he ever was he even he caught, gaining on him yeah, or anything? He, or did him. he pretty much had him. Come? Obviously, he the starts were a huge advantage for yeah. him. But was he also a match for him speed wise too? Uh, he I caught think. him near the end, but yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? But he did right. catch him a bit for sure. Yep. Um, I don't know. I was I was impressed. I think he would have got third that second moto too. And, oh yeah, I think you know, so. Yeah. Eventually, uh, Malcolm Stewart there got third, and he was pretty far back of him. Right, right. I don't know if Malcolm would have caught him from that far back. So, uh, it's not – the starts have obviously gotten better, but he's obviously riding a whole lot better than he was at a – And I don't care you know. what Tony tells me or Mike or anybody. I do not care. That bike is not as good. 
as what the guys he's racing against. I just don't think it is. JT? I would agree with you that it's I mean, don't you think not. Michael Essie on a factory team, you know, with uh, factory technicians and suspensions and guys and every, motor guys and everybody, it would – it would it would make him a better rider. I, I agree. Right, I agree. Right. I I think the last time we saw him on a factory bike was 2010. Is that correct? Well, no, he's on a KTM in uh, 11 on 350 though. 450 though. That's not a fair fight. Did he switch to a 450 outdoors? Yeah, but it was that old 450, which was right. Talk that's to your right. Canadian. Right. Talk to your Canadian yeah, team up there. That's kind of what I was going off. But that bike was outdated. Yeah. Then the year before that was 09, and we all know what could have been in 09. Yeah. Well, he had a 10 uh, on the 350, 11 on the 450. The 350 was not ready for prime time in 11. The 450 was past prime time. Right. So, yeah, it, it, I, exactly. The last time he's been on a normal bike would have been 09. A level playing field, if you will. Yeah, that's a long time. I mean, you know, they'll tell you that that bike's great and they're happy with it and they like it and everything, but I just, just you know, just can't see it, so... But good for good for Mike. That's a good. I mean, he, you know, he went 34 in the second moto. He DNF when that crash. He had a pretty bad crash too. Did you guys catch it on TV, Weech? Yeah, we yeah. had uh, just like he had said. I, I heard your pulpcaster just like he had said. Do you know? Do you know where it was? Like they, yeah. He described it as a, yeah. I mean, they. Yeah, I saw that's it. A yeah. pretty, that's a bad section to get off. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going up that hill. It's as they're racing towards where that old start is. Mm-hmm. That's the middle old start, not the oldest. Um, yeah. And they're going fast out of that corner. I don't even know if I've ever seen anyone crash there. Yeah, I think no, it just got too close to the side. It was weird, absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, Trey Kennard, uh, third overall. Uh, I talked to him after the race. His starts have kind of gone away. They were there early in the year. Mm-hmm. Now they've gone away. And just like anything, Weege, uh, these guys are showing. You know, like we talked about Justin Barsha, you know, not getting a start and getting seventh. Um, he worked his way up the best he could. And he was certainly fast, but he just didn't get a start. Yeah, I think that um, Barsha and Kennard are probably – I still put them a, a, a smidge above Alessi overall. Yeah. But the starts thing is enough to be an equalizer. And obviously with Alessi, you're going to count was... on those starts being in his favor. But by the way, you know, he was counting the points in the whole shot thing. Yeah. You think Barsha, who's leading it is, does he even know it exists? <laughs> right, exactly. Does he even know that there's such a thing? Probably. It's really, uh, for, for these uh, um, homeschooled riders, I guarantee you that com- it's confusion. Confusing. Confusing the way, yeah. the way it works. Like they can't. But they probably have the math on the pit board for Mike. Whole shot, right. money, math. <laughs> yeah. Ten laps into the race. Ten laps after the whole shot has taken place. Kennard uh, was ninth after the first lap in the first moto and 11th after the first lap in the second moto. So... Ninth and eleventh to uh, six and four uh, placings. So, um, okay. So, uh, we on the uh, Fly Racing Moto Sixty show we had you on on Thursday. You made a comment that that's still sticking with me. You know, we're just hoping James Stewart can be competitive. Get back up there and be competitive. Yes, it, it's still that's where we're at. But yeah. he he wasn't this weekend. He was fastest in practice. Certain people, certain people were predicting weather patterns of yellow coming in. At least a sprinkling. At least a sprinkling. There is a prediction of at least a sprinkling. Here's the. Here's what made it worse. <clears throat> I feel like this weekend, Mookie, Mookie made it worse. <laughs> well, that's the problem. He, I think James was like he really tried. Like at Tennessee was a bad race. 
he was getting passed, like, unless he just left him behind. That was weird. But it just seemed like, I don't know, he was in, like, a funk. Like, it just seemed like he was a zombie out there, except for that one scrub that everybody loved. But for every other second of the race day at Tennessee and first moto at High Point, there were a lot of motos where it just hasn't been James Stewart. But I feel this one, he's coming off a break. I feel like he really tried, and it still ended up horrible. Um, second moto, I think he tried to follow Villapoto through and couldn't, and then also crashed. And the first moto, he wasn't exactly gaining on those guys yeah. ahead of him, and also crashed. And then Mookie was catching him, too. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know now. Like Before, it was like, oh, he could turn it on, but I feel like he really tried to turn it on. One of the Cowie guys said that Mookie inadvertently uh, got, got into him got into him and, 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 and caused him to crash. Uh, I actually talked to James after the race, okay. and he was describing something like that, but I think he assumed I knew. Like he didn't explain it in detail because it was, you know, the riders assumed you probably saw it, uh-huh. and I didn't know what he was talking about. And then he said, I think Mookie came up to him after and apologized for it, and James was like, no, you don't need to be apologizing. You know, we're racing each other now. That's just what happens. Yeah. You know, but I think people saw them talking after the race and are like, oh, I heard they're fighting. <laughs> um, but because uh, that's actually what I was talking to James about. I was talking to him about Mookie. I didn't even know that that had happened. But the point is, I think he was like, okay, I'm coming back from the break. Now let me see where I'm really at. What have I got for these guys? And he still didn't have anything for the Ryans. This is bizarre world. We've seen a lot of things from James Stewart. But as I say, we've never seen him be mediocre. This, this could be it, JT. This could be it as far as he's j- a jag. He's just another guy. He's a jag. Jag. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't... this is unbelievable. He's, I mean, he went fastest in practice, so there's that. But then Josh Grenigan was fastest in practice at Muddy Creek, so there's that. But, um, yeah, this is weird. Strange. So Strange, strange days. Not I think sure the problem ever... here is that uh, James Stewart is not equipped to be just another guy like most racers are. Like, <clears throat> plenty of guys, you know, Kevin Windham got plenty of mileage out of his career out of being just another guy, and everyone was cool with that. And he was cool with that. Does that work for James Stewart for, like, another four years? But, but dude, he, he's, 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 uh, he's talking to the media after the races. So is he trying to do that then, maybe? Position yeah. himself like that? I just think he's okay with this. He's been he's been uh, high point in here. I talked to him after the race, and he was great. He never used to be great. No, 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 no. He's very angry when he didn't win. Yep. Now he's great. Signing yep. autographs, hanging out. Yep. Went uh, eleven thirteen this weekend. Yeah. So is he is he trying to take the Wyndham approach? Like. There will be some races here and there, here and there, where maybe he can grab a few more wins. I mean, that was exactly the win in playbook. You know, probably the last four or five years, it was a couple times a year, something would work, and maybe he had a shot at the win. Otherwise, yeah. he was just doing what he could do and taking the accolades, and everybody thought that was great. Are we in that zone? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what zone we're in. I will say this. I will say this. He goes fast at Southwick. No, geez, here we go. He goes fast at Southwick. <laughs> oh, come on. There's a front coming in from the <laughs> oh, eastern God. seaboard. It's blowing in. 
It's got a lot of yellow in it. He goes fast at Southwick. You, you said that to Villapoto at the beginning of the day at Bud's Creek, didn't you? What? About Southwick? Did, no, no. Do You told him that he goes good at Bud's. Oh, <laughs> dude. I, I went in there. I said, it's, it's number one. I gave him the number one with the finger, and then I said, we're looking good. We like this track. We scrub, we. Here. We scrub here. And, you know, Villapoto just rubbing his hands together, laughing, eating it up. And I'm just like, he looks good. And, uh, you know, and, and Villa's like, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. But he does go good at, at uh, the Wick. Dare I say faster than Ricky Carmichael at the Wick to me. And Probably that's, not. And that's saying Probably something. shouldn't say that. I don't know. Ricky was well, the fastest guy. They raised heads up many times, and Rick, James was, didn't come out on top. I think he would have if his bike hadn't grenaded. Wasn't he in the lead in I mean, that race? Grant Langston passed James there. What? Yeah, he, he did. did. Yep. Well, when? I think that would have been seven. Ricky had him covered easy, and then the second motor, Langston even passed him. I think James got him back. He did. But it was a yeah. duel for James to get Langston for second. Uh, as president of the James Stewart fan club, I've clearly erased that memory. Um, yeah, it was funny because Langston had actually spent the week before that race preparing for Southwick at James' house. Uh, and then in the press conference, James said, you're not coming to the house anymore. Uh, hey, ten, ten, 10 motos in, Weech. Can we, can we say that Barsha's better than Kennard or vice versa? Can we, can we – they are uh, separated by uh, – um, I'm really not – I'm not good at math. But um, 23 points. But, you know, Kennard did have that zero in Muddy Creek. Uh, I think Barsha is, has been better so far and is better now. But I don't think, um, I don't think it's over because I know it's weird because Barsha is technically the rookie. But I don't know if you can really get a gauge on what you're going to get out of Kennard yet. You know, he's just come back from such a long layoff. And in Supercross, there were such glimpses. But then there were other races that were just kind of so-so. Uh, I feel like with Barsha, you've kind of seen him settle into to what he is. And that's, you know, third or fourth place guy every week. And then some weeks maybe he can challenge the front guys. Kennard, I don't know where to classify him yet. Like, I think you could the best he, – he could have a big game, I feel, at some point. Um, so it's hard to say going forward. Barsha's had his two worst motos out of the last uh, three motos of the year. He's, he scored the least amount of points. So I don't know if that's a trend or what that is. Or maybe, you know, he observations came out and that put a lot of pressure on him. Um, yeah, uh, I think that Tennessee track for some reason must have worked for him, and it almost it almost gave it a little unrealistic stock. Like, I mean, he challenged Villapoto for yeah a long way in that first moto, and maybe that was unrealistic to think. Wait a minute, give him a few more weeks of this, and he could beat him straight up. Maybe that was a little bit premature. Uh, Sipes was good in the first moto. Second moto, he got uh, heat got to him. He had to get a couple IVs. He dropped out. Tickle, wow, that, that really was Tickle's best race. Yeah, what? Second moto. Just, I think he just started. Where did that come from? Like, when did he get fifth? Where was he all race? He, I never he, saw him once. No, he was 10th, 9th, 8th, 7th. Like, just just picking dudes off. Just slowly but surely. Yeah, and we talked before about it being his best uh, best track, and uh, he proved it. Both motos were his career best or season best so far um, for him. So that was good. Um Good ride for Tickle. Just to see him keep it going. And Sipes, too. Sipes was solid. 
Um, Weege, you got some intel, more intel on um, Chad Reed. Oh, oh, yes. I got it all, fig- all figured out now. It's actually become comedy for the team to see us attempt to get information, uh, especially from Osterman. So I go over there uh, right before the first moto, because I was hoping to just kind of run into Chad at some point throughout the day, and it hadn't happened. So I'm like, I'm just going to have to go over there one more time and just ask whoever's there. And it was Goose and Lars and a bunch of the other guys. And they're like, why don't you wait till Dave, though, comes over and talk to him? <laughs> <laughs> He's right over there. He's coming back. Stay here. <laughs> I think they couldn't wait. So we're still laughing as Osterman walks back over. And he's like, what's so funny? And I'm like, well, we're laughing because the last time I asked you about Chad's condition, you started talking about shark eyes and right. he's still got shark eyes. And he's like, yeah, and Tate has them too. And then we all just started busting. <laughs> and he's like, I'm talking, look into a shark's eyes. The ultimate gunfighter. That's what I'm talking about. He and Tate have the eyes of the ultimate gunfighter. <laughs> so now it's a shark and a gunfighter. And I'm like, but Dave, do you see how this is not doing anything for me? I don't even know if that's good or bad. Right. Do you really want me to go on TV and say that? Do you really want Well, they want... wanted to. The team wanted me to bad. Right. Does Dave-O want you to go on TV? <laughs> I spoke to Dave Osterman. <laughs> because the point is, if he's saying that's good, then that means that Chad's going to be back and he's going to be running up front. But I don't know if that's what Osterman even means by that. Uh, so far, it's been pretty similar for Reed week to week. So I don't know what any of these things mean. But it's been good comedy over there. I'm glad. Actually, at this point, I'm only going there so everyone knows I'm doing my due diligence, as they say, to at least try to be a reporter. Yes. Because I'm not getting information, that's for sure. A gunfighter. Yeah. Next, next week, like, could be a, an astronaut. Just anything. <laughs> yeah. The, the amount of occupations, the occupations he's going to come up with, and animals and things like that should be pretty yep. good. You uh, watch The Lion King when he finally finds himself. It's kind of like that. Look into his eyes. Have you ever looked at Tyrannosaurus Rex in the eye? Even in Jurassic Park? That's what Tate Reed is like. <laughs> um, well, he wasn't good. We, we, he thought he would be good after the break. We thought he'd be good after the break. Uh, he started fourth or fifth in the second moto and finished 12th. Didn't you know that T-Rex was based off Tate Rex? I didn't know that, no. Okay. Perhaps Chad, being the gunfighter that he is, you know, needs to unleash that six shooter because it's not good again. JT, Hate your Huckleberry. JT, that's your guy, Chad Reed. This has to be hurting you inside a little bit of you. Yeah, it sucks. I hate watching him flounder around out there, but right. <clears throat> I don't really know what's wrong, so I'm just staying out of it. Um, Pretty much, yeah. I don't have any information, so yeah. Just a spectator like everybody else. Info, that is the one thing I, I, I do believe over there. Like I, don't, I, I think it's pretty obvious that they're not sure either. And yeah. maybe that means Chad isn't sure. I did text him today. Uh, no reply back. Um, did you text Tate? <laughs> no, but I did text Doc Holliday. <laughs> um, JT, your team, BTO Sports KTM, uh, Andrew Short, Michael Byrne, bad days. Uh, Shorty had a... I thought it was a positive day overall. You th- really? Yeah, I mean, he got great Shorty ran starts. fourth for a while. Yeah, he got great starts, and he had bike bike problems in the first moto. In the second moto, he said he's frustrated and doesn't know what's going on, but he's fading. Yeah, but he still was <clears throat> better than he's been, and he was actually on the pace the second moto, mm-hmm. uh, which is something he hasn't been doing. So uh, basically, 
you know, we were all kind of talking about it, and he just felt like he hasn't been able to run that pace, and he was, but he just is not used to it, and it kind of wore him out more mm-hmm. than he expected. Yeah. Uh, so, if I mean, if you'd rather – it depends on your perspective. If you'd rather run around 10th or 11th and, and feel great, you know, the whole moto, then, you know, that's one mm-hmm. thing. But if yeah. you'd rather run fourth for as long as you can and then get tired and have to drop back to that, then we looked at it as a positive. Okay. All right. Well, he's, he certainly didn't. Well, and Burner got I had f- dinner with him, and yes, he's frustrated. But it's a you know, it was yeah. the overall feeling was actually was on the pace of my old self for a while, you know. So speaking of his old self, Michael Byrne was all right, maybe the best he was doing all year, uh, just outside the top ten in Moto One. Um, but then got a flat, and then had brake problems. No, no, he did not get a flat. Same problem both motos. Okay, Georgia Lindsay, she's fired. I think she said she had a flat. Um, yeah, yeah, he had a uh, rear brake failure both motos. Jeez. Yeah, haven't had one on any practice bike or race bike since the KTM program started, and then had two back-to-back motos. And so. she already had a front brake problem in the first moto. Yeah, so I, I don't know what was going on there. Obviously, yeah. weird deal. And going to have to get to the bottom of it. You know, I don't. So much goes on with these and stuff. Like it could be a bad, just a bad. I, I don't know, you know, yeah. to to not ha- ever have a problem and have two in a row is highly suspicious of something being waffle, 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 waffle. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I don't really think that's fair to waffle when I don't no, know. I know. Uh, Weege, the Jet. The Jet yeah. qualified seventh, went 7-7 seven, seven on the day. Much better. Much better. I think a couple things contributed there. Um, if you look, I mean, obviously Brayton is uh, – he came through arena cross, so he's much better at supercross than he is outdoors. And I think it just takes – he's not a guy that picks it up very quickly. Like, any of the good results he's had outdoors always happen from this time of the year on. I mean, last last year, I think the first two rounds he was getting lapped in the um, motos, I think, at Tangtown and Freestone. Yeah, and then by terrible. Red Buddy, he was on the podium. And we were like, how does that happen? Yeah. He literally gained a lap in speed um, in the six rounds. That's kind of the thing here. Uh, I also think that um, he said that he wasn't able to train for like a week because he had to go to his sister's wedding and he had to the Yamaha dealer show and stuff like that. And for him, that actually helps because he usually just beats himself to a pulp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you read the Going for the W story we had on him Saturday morning, but he said that he was so mad after um, Muddy Creek that he drove home made sure he got left early, as early as possible so he could get home where there's still daylight so then he could go ride a mountain bike a Saturday after the race at home. Yeah, I think he tweeted it. I was like, huh? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I think he should just go race mountain bikes. I think he enjoys it more. <laughs> You're not the only one that makes jokes like that. <laughs> I hear that quite a bit. I hear that quite a bit. Um, so, I don't know. The, the problem was last year he turned around at Red Bud, and then this season turned bad again. So, I don't know if this necessarily means he's going to maintain it. Um, but it was way better. Uh, the riding was way better. I mean, at Tennessee, he started up front and ended up nowhere. So this time he actually held it. So, real sign of progress. Uh, Josh Grant was good, too. Bad. I mean, his finishes don't reflect it, but he came from way back to 14th in the uh, first moto. Um, he was down in the first turn, I think, in the first moto. So, yeah, um, I think he was. And then uh, second moto, uh, 11th. So, run all right. I thought Josh Gann had a good day. Um, 
Hey, Jim. did anybody see? Did anybody see Ryan Villapoto in the the start of the second moto shoulder check that a Cherubi's barrier? No. Yeah, I think that was a real turning point in the moto. He, he tried to sneak her on the inside like he did the first moto. Yeah. And he he caught the you know those Cherubi's big plastic barriers they introduced a couple years ago. Where was it? First turn or up on top? Oh, yeah, inside first turn. The first turn. Yeah, 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 right. yeah he yeah. shoulder checked it, and it totally stood him up, and he lost probably I would say six to eight spots because of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, JT, plenty of room on the Phil Nicoletti bandwagon. Get on. I'm driving. We just co-pilot. He got an interview on TV. I'm hijacking this thing, he, dude. JT, get on. I, I know For you're the not a fan sake of objectivity. I'm going to stay off it. <laughs> I know you're not. But he a is fan. riding great. Do you know he's really like, good? Yeah, fifteen six, and he was down yeah. the first turn in that first moto. He came from okay. Josh Grant was down there too, and Josh Grant was twenty second. And filthy. What number is filthy? Forty nine. Forty nine. Yeah. Great okay. driver of the bandwagon. <laughs> okay, filthy was thirty ninth after lap one. 39th after lap one, and he came to the finish of uh, 15. He's on it. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTOsports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. The Racer X Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Lite, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross.
um, always, you know, and I was speaking to a team manager of a prominent team after the race. And they have a Yamaha team. And they may or may not be based in North Carolina. <laughs> and I was speaking to this manager. And I said, yeah, you know, he's killing it. You should have hired him. And he's like, he's good. He's good. And then he points to a logo on his semi. Let's call it uh, Shmoyota. And he goes, I can't tell Shmoyota I'm going to hire Phil Nicoletti. They want a name. They don't want Phil Nicoletti. And I'm like, you're an asshole. And, and one, of the team members, one of the team members standing next to him really enjoyed that. And I said, not just you, but everyone in these pits. Because this is what happens all the time. And this is what things that get me upset. Is sell Toyota, Shmoyota, sorry, on Phil Nicoletti. Sell your stupid energy drink, tattooed, sleeved guy, flat bill, on sideways, black socks, doing nothing. Sell his ass on Phil Nicoletti, on the kid from New York that's a little weird. Sell him. You know, like, what would a guy like Phil do with, with 10 guys standing around trying to make his bike better? What would a guy like Phil do with money in the bank and not having to worry about, oh, shit, you know, I, I need this money or whatever? Phil literally makes no salary. I get some money from Moose. He has a contingency from Scott Goggles. And that's about it. Of course, expenses paid. But, again, Weston Pike, Phil Nicoletti, Oh, I can't sell my sponsors on these uncool dudes because they're not out dropping ecstasy at the monster party with me because I'm an energy drink guy. You know? Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Screw to your you, argument. bro. No, I, I, I actually agree with points to your argument, but but there is the Nick Way side of this coin where – Phil Nicoletti could do a better job of selling himself, so Coy doesn't have to sell him. Yes or no? Yes. But he doesn't need to be Nick Way, who's the ultimate salesman. You but, you, but there are there is that side of it where you can't just have it, it can't be just results anymore unless you're like winning races. If Cody you Cooper and Matt Moss can get rides then surely their God there's a place for Phil Nicoletti and Weston Pike. I mean, did Matt Moss and Cody Cooper have photos of their respective team managers doing things to donkeys? That was a Suzuki deal, bro. That was Suzuki Australia and Suzuki Japan and Suzuki, Suzuki America deal. Yes, he was riding You're... Suzuki. You are correct. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he was, he was right, riding Suzuki. You're right. I mean, I'm just saying. Weege, back me up. What, uh, and now we have to start looking at what is his program? Um, like, what is his bike in comparison to the riders he's in that group with? Now, we all agree this is a deep field. And part well, of that no. deep definition is there are a lot of well-supported teams and riders. You have a pro circuit team in there now. Factory Honda has two guys and Chad Reed. Uh, JGR has two guys. Um, you, you add all that up. You know, Suzuki has Stewart and Tickle. So the mix he's in, where is his bike compared to all those guys? Alessi, I guess, excluded because we've already covered his equipment. I think that an NFAB... Kind of close, right? I think an NFAB Yamaha is on the same level as a Moto Concepts bike, JT. I mean, it's basically... I don't really, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I have no idea what's going on at Moto Concepts. They have all kinds of technology, and <laughs> they have not sure. wires coming off some bolts, just grounding wires. Yeah. There's, um, there's, there's a lot of magnets. 
Um, look, you see, the Yamaha deal is really hard, I think, for people to understand on the outside. Like, remember, I don't know if he even has it. Remember they were going to give Ben LeMay a factory Yamaha to well, race under they, the Rock River tent? They did at the end of the Nationals last year, yeah. No, but they were going to do it for this year. That's why he was so bummed when he got hurt right before Vegas. But now he's back. Is he on that bike? I don't think so. So they just pulled it. Like, within these individual Yamaha teams, there are actually different levels of support. It's really hard for anyone to understand that. Like, last year when they had, like, nine guys riding for Star Valley, but, like, Stroop was going to have a factory Yamaha, and other guys on the team, his teammates, were going to have a different bike, if that makes any sense to people. Oh, Stroop. Right. Yeah. Well, there's another guy you can put in the example you just gave. So at the end of the at the end of the race, you have uh, Dan Rambert and a bunch of Yamaha guys going over to Nicoletti to talk to him, which gives at least the look of see he does get some help from Yamaha, but surely in general he's pretty much a privateer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean Yamaha is involved with that NFAB team to some degree, but I don't know what that is. Giving them bikes. Yeah, bikes and parts, and and maybe right, you know maybe nothing trick. Maybe they're giving him a cam or something to try. Right. But, you know, he's still not making any money. He's still, you know, I'm sure his practice bike is hammered. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, like I'm just going strictly on an equipment thing, just to think about how much upside there could be here, or who he's beating on what, and what he's on. And let's and look, he can ride Supercross. He was top ten a few times, more than a few times. He can ride Supercross, so that's you know, it's just these. Our sport's so stupid sometimes. The people well, who run our sport are so stupid. Hold on, though. He really has only had results to speak of here over the last three or four months. So I don't think you can go insane on I, people I, unless I, he completely does not get anything for next year. I, but based on last year, why would he have had any more than what he has now? I told Mitch Payton to hire him at the end of last year, and Mitch just smirked. Yeah, but what evidence really was there going off of last year? I, I will give you full credit for, for scouting this, but... You cannot call teams. You cannot call Mitch Payton an idiot for not hiring Phil Nicoletti off of last year. No, you're right. I cannot. So it's almost not fair to call anyone an idiot unless he gets just well, complete, the, complete zero for next year. Maybe he will. The unnamed Yamaha team told me they already said he's out. Right? They already were like, I can't sell him. I can't sell him. You know. And then I'm thinking about these all these idiots that run the, the energy drinks. You know, and, and their knowledge of motocross that they don't watch anything beyond the top guys and. They're like, oh, I would never. You know, they don't know Ficoletti. He doesn't party with them. They, you know, he doesn't hang and bro down with these dudes. And he'll just – and then there's a Brett Metcalf up in Canada who also he doesn't have a ride. And these assholes that, that hire riders are just, like, they're stupid. These guys getting rides year after year after year that are just, you know, making some good money and not doing anything. And, and there's guys that are just not in the cool group, and they get nothing. You're very passionate about this. I just, I, you know, it goes back to my triples, you know, with Canari yep. last year. And just, it's, I just thought about it more on a plane ride today. And I'm just like, what's going on here? Like, why don't results, why, why don't you give somebody, and I, again, and I don't, Ryan Clark was a top, was a good privateer for many years and got nothing. Nobody ever said, Maybe with some salary and maybe with no concerns, this guy can do something. Instead, it was just recycle, 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 you know? You know, when uh, Clark was pretty tight with us at the Racerex Group, he rode for us for a while. And I think we asked, I don't know who it was. This was 10 or 15 years ago, whoever we asked. And this is your triple theory. This is why your triple theory doesn't work. 
somebody said, I don't know if it was Yamaha dudes or what, but they were like, teams are really after two things, wins or potential for wins. A guy who could get good enough to consistently get fifth means nothing. No one cares about fifth. They want wins or potential for wins. We'd rather have a dude hurt that could win or crash but could win than a guy who won't win but could get fifth every week. And that might make them assholes in your mind, but that's the way every fan looks at it. That's the way everybody looks at it. That's just the way this sport works. It's just the way it works. Well, we're five rounds in, and 38 guys in the 450 class have, you know, little chance of winning. Yeah, but the dudes that are signed for these teams, these recycled guys, most of them are recycled because they've at some point had some success like that. So it's always like, yeah, but we got a guy that could. We have a shot. It's just – you might have a shot in June, but when you sign people in September, you might have thought they had a shot. I'm not saying that Nicoletti can be, you know, a winner. And that's the, that's but, the whole point, because that's all they really want. But give them a shot. If they get a shot and they don't do it, yep. are they, they're, they're jerk-offs with their shots, then... then Gavin, Gavin Gracie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, 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 then that's it. Shame on them. But to never give these guys shots because they're quote-unquote not winners is ridiculous. The other thing I'll agree with you on is you can't sell it. That actually shows the complete weakness of the people who are in charge of the money here because the Phil Nicoletti story, there's a reason that we gave him an interview for getting sixth in a moto on NBC because that is the best story of the entire race. This is an unknown dude who tried to race in Australia because he had no options, got kicked out of the country, was living hand-to-mouth, got somewhat of a deal, picked himself up by the bootstraps, and now he ran sixth against the best in the world. That was actually the story for an NBC-style show that is just as, if not more, intriguing than what Ryan Dungey is doing. If anything, it's a better story to sell. That shows the weakness of the people who are supposedly marketing people and supposedly business people for not understanding so, that. So we're going to eat lunch tomorrow, Weech. It's not even them because we're not talking about them. We're talking about. Uh, I didn't give the name. Energy away. drink people. I, right? No, I was just just throwing a question out there. I didn't know. I, were you guys yeah. referring to something else? But we're not like <laughs> J Bone. Pretty much said he's riding good, but it's not J Bone's decision. I didn't say it was J Bone. Exactly. Right. It's not. It's not them. It's people on the, that help the teams on the side. I mean, I think that'd be a great story. Look, would think the sponsor would be like, "Oh, that's really cool." Let's let, for, let's move on, but. Before we move on, Jason Thomas, am I right? You were a long-time privateer. You never got a shot. Yamaha, Osterman wanted to hire you. You had the eyes of a gunfighter. Osterman wanted to hire you for YOT. Yamaha shot him down. I, I agree with you in theory, but I also agree that I would not have won races. So that's what they want. Nobody wins races but, like, five guys. Okay. But you're looking for well, the potential. At the beginning. When you yes. sign them, you think maybe they'll be, he will be one of the five guys. That's what you're looking for. So Davalos, Izzy, uh, Josh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Those guys, I pro- I, I'm long being completely they, honest with you at my they, own detriment. How long do they need to go with not winning before someone goes they can't win? How long? What's the, what's the limit? They see the lap times, bro. <laughs> they got to hire somebody. Ugh. If I could reach through the phone, I'd, I don't know which one of you two I'd choke out first. I mean, what are you mad at? You want them, you want them to just go hire 
Phil, is that going to make you happy? Yes. Yes. Who do you want him to replace? I can think of ten guys. Start naming. Kennard. Barsha. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on. Um, Mike Brown was there. Damn. What happened to Mike Brown? He got taken out, I guess, in the first turn. Somebody ran into him. Uh, the first mode, I think he still got 20th. He got 20th, or yeah, he got a point. But I thought he'd be, I don't know what happened. I thought he'd be better. Um, Travis Sewell, JT, appeared on the scene with an 18th. Yeah, and he's been out there. but Has he? Definitely rode better. And then the second moto, he DNF'd, which he would have got points again. Yeah. But, yeah, he's been out there. He was on a he was on a, a KTM, a Mon Racing KTM for a while. And then he over. for whatever reason switched to a privateer Yamaha. Hmm. Okay. Um which he had fly racing gear on, but it was not this year's gear. So <laughs> gonna have to look into that. <laughs> uh Ben LeMay got fourteenth. Good for him. Les Smith had his best race of the year, sixteen seventeen. So maybe it wasn't all bad for the BTO team. Les had a you know, best best race of the year. Um Nick Way blew his bike up, second moto. I was wondering about that. Yep, Nick Way blew his bike up. And then I felt rather uh, privileged as he was asking me my opinion on what blew his bike up first and what he was doing. And he seemed to actually, like, really care about what I had to say. So uh, he, he wrote it back, though. Okay, then it was, then it was going to blow up. And that's, okay. He wrote it back before then. Um, you know, we had uh, Scott, um, Scott McLemore, who works for Lucas Oil, he was the, the produced all the shows back in the Seals day. Basically, any Supercross motocross race you saw in the 80s or 90s, he was the producer. And now he goes to like one or two of these a year because Lucas hasn't doing other things. But he was there. Matthew Seal enjoy this. And I'm like, man, is anyone? Is it weird coming to these races now when you used to be like bro down with everybody, and now they're all like new kids? He's like, oh man, once Wyndham left, that was my last connection, and now Way's here, but that's all I got. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's Mathis to a T. <laughs> Good point. I got a few more. I got Reed, a burn. Building Nicoletti hard right now. Um, hey, uh, what's something to, something to talk about before we get the 250s? Um, the, 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 the no intermission is – you guys hear the grumblings? The no intermission, the four live I heard motos? more about it in the 250s, actually, so it's actually more apt to talk about then. Yeah. Guys aren't too pumped. Um. But, you know, I haven't heard complaints. I just heard that it's a factor. But you actually hear complaints? Well, yeah, I just hear complaints. Like, what if we have a problem? You know, oh. what, what if we're not going to be able to make the gate? What if, you know, there's no turnaround? We don't have enough time. We don't have time, you know? So these are from mechanics and team guys. Yeah. So. i tell you what I was, I was pretty upset about is I went in between motos to get a snow cone. Yeah. And the line was really long. I actually had to ask someone to hold my spot. I ran over, watched the start of the, the second 450 moto, and then got back in the line, got my snow cone. There wasn't even enough time to get a snow cone. Yeah. Jeez. That's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It is. Well, I mean, and like we could call a snow cone vendor. I'm sure they're not happy. They're probably losing some sales. Yeah. Butts Creek. I don't know. They were raking it in over there. Speaking of snow cones, Butts Creek is the track where I traded a pair of Timmy's Prey Lap goggles for a snow cone. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I had no money oh, on me, no. and then the lady would not take – the goggles, so I sold the goggles for $2 to the guy behind me and gave the $2 to snow cone. Two bucks. Two bucks. I said, I just need a wow. snow cone. And they were two That's bucks. A deal. Yeah. Oh. Scott Goggles. Hopefully, John knows isn't listening. Um, 
Hey, so two fifties. Uh, let's move on to that. We we I, I ranted and raved too long. Um, Blake Baggett won, and that was great. He was a new guy after the break. That first moto was El Chupacabra to a T. He was back, but Jesus Christ, Eli Tomac's second moto. I mean, where did he, was he shot out of a cannon? Why can't? Was he? <laughs> did he have? Make sense. Did he have Ivan Stewart's nitro? You know, in that truck yeah, game. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. What? What was going on? Was he cheating? Did he cut the track? PEDs? I don't know. I dude, don't understand. Dude. I don't understand. That was insane. It was so insane that it almost, it goes beyond mind-blowing. Like, you almost didn't even see it. Like, the charge was so quick, you didn't even have time to acknowledge. It was just <laughs> like it was over. I, I tweeted, I was tweeting for Racer X. I said, uh, Tomac's going to get into third here pretty soon. <laughs> and then I... The next thing I know, I was, I was thinking to myself, he can, he can get third this moto for sure. And, dude, I don't think he was in third for more than a lap. <laughs> and he was in first. Uh, JT, you were looking at the lap times, and they they spoke plenty. I was. He was, uh, he was incredibly impressive. And uh, there, was a, you know, there was one lap in particular I was looking at, uh, the 11th lap, where he was five seconds better than the next guy. <laughs> How does that happen? Right. It's insane. And in the first moto, look, he got fifth in the first moto, and he came from uh, um, what? Fourth. It says fifth in my, my points in front of me. What? Really? Yeah, for, for reals. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Huh. Wow. Who got fourth? Anderson. Oh, boy, for all people for me to not realize. Yeah, Jason Anderson. Uh, first moto, Eli Tomac, he came around in 14th place. So 14th to fifth, good ride, but he wasn't the same guy. Um, you know, uh, it was a good ride, but I don't know what happened. I, I still don't know. Well, this dovetails nicely with the topic you brought up about five minutes ago. Yeah. After the race, Tomac did say he was in the zone, he was feeling it, but he was not, like, blown away. He wasn't like, that was the greatest ride of my life, I can't believe I did this. It was very nonchalant to him. And he says he thinks the biggest factor is that with this one-hour break, Everyone's tired, and it's easy to make passes. He said, first moto, everyone's fresh. It's really hard to get around, guys. Second moto, everybody's tired, and you just go around them. This one-hour thing, I think, is potentially a, a game-changer here. Like, you're going to start seeing massive differences in the first and second moto performances because of this. And will it even go to the point where you're going to see someone miss a moto or dudes purposely saving energy in moto one just for fear of moto two? Like, yeah. Tomac says it's night and day. The difference in the field, basically, in the second second moto, when there's only an hour. Do we um, do we know how many more are, are the are no intermission four live? Uh, four not live? Southwick because there's WMX there. Okay. Um, right. I can look it up here real quick, but I think it's every single one. Wow. And and there, I think there might be one other besides Southwick. Did, what do you think? Uh, what was Blake Baggett didn't make the press conference? He had an upset stomach. Um, yeah. Which. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Just saying. No. Just saying. Whatever. What? Why would he just bail? He won the race and he doesn't want to do any interviews? Well, I saw him in the pro circuit pits. Like, while this is going on? At some point, yeah. It wasn't wasn't like he was bent over a bathroom or anything. I saw him just standing there. Now, okay, maybe maybe he was sick. Maybe he probably was. But you know the interview you did, Wygant, with him um, before the season? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't 
dominating the motos or dominating the day for the most part, and then not and then not showing up at the press conference. Wasn't that be, wouldn't that be in the same category as that interview he did? Nah, I don't think so. Okay, All right. I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. I'm throwing. Yeah, it out I there. don't. I don't see. Christophe Porcel is the only rider I, I would ever think would win the race and just decide, no, I will not go to a press conference. He did that at Millville, yeah. Well, that's why, yeah. Right. I did um, not see Baggett doing that. Especially first win of the year, why, and you're, you're there and you're feeling fine. Why would you not walk over to the press tent? Fine. Okay. Never mind. Scratch what I said. You're right. Come on. I'm just saying. I saw him. Um, okay. And I didn't go, like, in his motorhome or in toilet or anything to see him. Uh, um, JT, do you think it was just that week off that did it? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it helped quite a bit. And then he went down to James's too. Yep. Which probably didn't hurt him any to ride with James and Malcolm. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure. Obviously, he did something, right? Whether it was just more time practicing or more time healing or different, you know, change of scenery or. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Weege? I think, because um, it was at Stewart, he was able to do some motos. And he said that was really one of the first weeks he's really been able to even do motos with the wrist at all. Uh, high point, he told me the only motos he's done, the only 30-minute motos he's done are the races. That's all he could do. Wow. So he's only just gotten to the point where he can start riding during the week. So um, I think we got a real series in our hands. I mean, he made up 12 points on Roxanne in one day. He's only 32 points back. So if, if he's at this level for the rest of the year, he's very much back in the hunt. I don't think we were thinking that before Bud's Creek. Yeah, that was good. We'd almost written him off, title-wise. Well, look, uh, uh, Muskan two, Roxon three in the first moto, seven and six in the second moto. Muscan admitting uh, that he was tired. Roxon looking winded. This this does not convince me of Iron Man status at all with those two guys. Like Now, Roxon said he was sick, too. Yeah, he was sick during the week or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe there's something there, but right. um, no doubt they were not the same guys. Nope. And it was sure. and it was it was the hottest we've seen. Yep. Also, that's no doubt. So now we got some interesting subplots going forward. Um, you know, short breaks, yep. um, heat and humidity. Um, you know, these colors don't run. That's all I gotta say. He's, what the, the red and white maple leaf colors? <laughs> the red, white, and blue. Um, hey, let's. Uh, anything else on those guys? JT. Do we talk about Michael Cincerillo? Well, that's where I'm getting to next. Okay. They, they did manage to change Michael Cincerillo to Adam. They couldn't they can't change the running order of Dean Wilson not even being there. According to Wygant, it cannot be changed. It was it, it, it's it's beyond the TV truck. It can't be changed. But yet conveniently, somehow in the middle of the day, Michael gets changed to Adam. Yeah, you want to know why Blow the TV me show away. Is Adam and not Michael? Blow me away. Because I went into the TV truck and watched it. I made them do it. Yes, but... First, I went to the timing and scoring thing and said to Conrad, who runs timing and scoring, I said, you've got to change Adam and Michael. He said, can't be done. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> he's like, can't do it. He's like, it's on his ID. That's what he's in the system as. He would be, have to be a whole new human being, a whole new person. We would have to pretend that Michael Cincerullo is no longer in existence, and Adam Cicerillo, a rider who has never existed in the database, doesn't have an AMA license, et cetera, et cetera, has to be entered. I'm like, there's no manual override. He's like, there's nothing we can do. Listen, Mike, we put a man like, on the moon. Uh, yeah. We have, a, we have a rover on Mars. 
there's a way. So, so I'm like, okay. So then I walked over to the TV truck, and I said, listen, I tried to fix this in the results because we are going to look dumb. The results people look dumb. The TV people look dumb. No one will think, well, you know, his real first name is Michael. They will just be like, where the hell did they come up with Michael, you idiots? So the TV people said, we can just retype it and make it Adam. So in the actual result results, did he end up being Adam or Michael? He is. He's Adam. He's Adam. They said they couldn't do it. Yep. They're, they told me they couldn't do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the AMA. Welcome. Doris, I have a guarantee you, Doris, figured it out. Somehow. Man. Um, yeah. But, 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 but as far as having riders listen to results that aren't there, that's not fixable. That is not fixable. Cannot well, do that. Well, even the Michael and Adam thing they told me was not fixable. Like, this is hilarious. Well, that, I can't do it. Okay. Well, Michael for the day. When you were telling me that the, the results of Dean Wilson and Weston Pike were not fixable, I was saying that you're an idiot. And this time I went and said, you need to change Michael right. and Adam. And so, they said, not fixable. again, point for me. Bink for me. How's that a bink for you? Because apparently you can change it. You did. But you changed Michael I, to Adam. I know. But when I go to the AMA guy and he says it can't be fixed, I'm like, this is the thing I'm talking about. Him actually saying it can't be fixed. But it got fixed. It got fixed. It got fixed. Right. That's the bottom fixed. line. Right. Yeah. Well, the Dean Wilson thing did get fixed the next week. He's not in there anymore. Okay, so how, Michael Cincerello, um, JT, uh, what'd you think overall on his debut? Uh, to be honest, it was a little bit worse than I thought, but not a lot. I think I'm with you. Weege? Yeah, I think anyone that is disappointed, like, come on, it's his first race. Yeah, some dudes have had really good first races, but it doesn't mean that you have to. I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably should have got better than 14th after starting fourth, or got, uh, starting second, really. Um, yeah. But you could see there was a buzzsaw behind him and a gap in front of him, and, you know, everyone was bunching up behind him. And, you know, he probably wasn't used to that pace. Uh, it is funny, though, that Cooper Webb has his worst race of the year and ends up right behind him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. JT, yep. you lost some money on that. <laughs> I did. JT had a bet. Who would do better, seeing Thriller or Webb? Yeah, Cooper Webb owes me 50 bucks. <laughs> uh, no you doubt. didn't think it'd be in the teens, though, that they'd be battling in the teens. Yeah. <laughs> how, how sweet probably was for, for Webb when he did pass Adam in that first moto. Probably, yeah. Probably loved it. Um, yeah, he probably should have done a bit better. Second moto, he came around like 38th or whatever, 36th. Went from there to 17th. Um, he thinks, um, I, I think... Well, I know you talked about Taylor Smathis and I did. He said once he got to about eighth or ninth in that first moto, he was like, all right, this I think I can do. Like, I can run this pace for 30 minutes, I'll be good. Yeah. And then he fell. So he thinks he could have gotten, say, like ninth or tenth. Yeah. Now, but you know what? Here's the problem. I almost don't even want to talk about the guy because I feel like there's so much hype backlash that anything we say, if you don't like him, you're just going to be like, oh, sure, you would have got tenth. Well, don't crash. You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I just feel like he's getting a beat up on, on, on so many angles, and the not winning the first race or not even getting top ten, that certainly didn't bode well. Um, yeah, it was good. He'll get better. He'll get yeah, better. yeah, he'll, get he'll be fine. But he's, the whole thing I was saying, this is the risky run by well, doing this way. As long as he's not crushed, it doesn't matter. As long as, as, long as, you, as, as you and Boyer stay off him. 
Well, I'm very confused over that. Like, I'm very – I don't quite get that. I do. You and Boyer don't like him. That's what I get. He really said that. Or said, tell Weege to back off or something. Is that – Yeah, yeah. I don't – What have I said? I tell, tell Weege and Boyer to not crush me. Jerk. I, I don't even know what I said. I think I, I think I was on the side of it's not worth the risk to turn pro this early. And if that's a slam, I guess that's a slam. But how has it gone so far? Oh, wow. <laughs> but to, the man that's my point. The man, like, the, it's not the against man, him. The man who like, just it's said. It's not a personal thing. It's him. I'm just saying, like, there's a chance that it could not go so well. The man who just but said not. Is it not, really, the man is it who really just, this early? <laughs> the man who is said really not, this, to, not to really judge. Is it really this early, though? Just, just, just judged. <laughs> well, my point was it probably would go really well. But there's a chance it's not. So you're taking a risk. We have now seen what the risk is. But it hasn't isn't gone well this so the far. same schedule? Isn't this the same schedule that everybody goes on? Pretty much. I think that's part of the problem. Like you, the schedule is just being based on like this is the thing to do. Well, he had no races on a, on a big bike. You know? That's what I'm saying. I'm just no, saying I mean, he got messed up because he was sick. Like, he, if he didn't get sick, he could have been fine and gotten some really good results by now, and everything would be looking good. But that's what I'm saying. You're just taking a chance that it might not go well. That's all. It has nothing to do with him personally. It's just the timing of it. I really like him. I don't want to say much more about how much I like him because then Cooper Webb people will probably say that I'm a Cincerillo guy. I can't wait, but, to, re- I can't wait to read Rev up where you and Andy just go count point, point counterpoint about how he, he should hang it up. He's a, hey, he's a great interview. He's awesome. At one point, he was telling uh, somebody with a camera, uh, a, he was demonstrating a number 42, who I believe was 412, um, was Kilbarger, how Kilbarger had it out for him, and that dude was not going to let him have that rut, and he was demonstrating it, and man, he's a good interview. I really like him. That's the sad part about all this. <laughs> That's the sad part. Like, uh, I really do like him. Uh, like, I really feel bad that he thinks I'm burying him. Yeah, bro. Um, Darren Durham, JT. Oh, wow! Wow, Darren Durham. Balls out. Dude, Literally, I thought he was gonna get caught by Baggett, and he did eventually, but way sooner than he did. He was got, he got caught by Baggett, and then he just looked back and picked it up, and and that was impressive. He had said that Mitch Payton has been really hard on him. The old Mitch Payton was back this week. I guess he was out there making the guys do sprints. Out at the track every day, and then they pulled off early. And Mitch was like, "That's not six lap sprints." And they said, "We thought it was. Let's do them again. I'm gonna get it. Hopefully, you guys can read, and there'll be pit board mechanics down on the pit boards, and hopefully, you can read because they'll tell you when there's six laps." So, and then he made Durham stay late every day because he said that Durham, as they were doing the sprints, he could tell that Durham was saving himself for the next sprint that was coming up. <laughs> The old Mitch Payton and somewhere David Pingree and Nathan Ramsey and Nick Way are just smiling and nodding at hearing that. Rubbing their hands together right. like Phil Poto. Yeah, because they know. So, and I mean, you got to win. You got a great ride out of Durham. Who knows? Maybe he's going to go to the track all the time. Uh, Weege, I was impressed with Will Hahn. I was very impressed with Will Hahn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was, um, his outdoor season last year was quietly pretty good. I think he was sixth in points. Um, but this was about as good. Uh, as he was last year, which is impressive coming off of a layoff. That was 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a start, too. I mean, as yeah. you said, there's a buzzsaw pack there. Like, you can get swallowed up easily if you're not ready. Um, his, his speed endurance was good, yeah. All right, it, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was really impressed by that. I didn't. I would. I would not have put him in uh, uh, that that result if you yeah, had maybe he, bet on it going he's in. He's the first guy to get into that top five group. He bumped Zach Osborne out, fifth overall. Yeah, did you see the start of the first moto? Um, Osborne and Tomac came together. They were basically last and next to last going into the first turn. Then they tangled. And then Webb crashed, and Osborne crashed into him and went down. So basically, those guys were last next to last and second to next to last. Yeah. Those are three pretty big names. Osborne rode good in the second moto, JT. Wow. Uh, yeah. He showed me. Yeah, he came from way back. He showed me he was in shape, too. Like, he was still hammering at the end. 17-4. I was surprised I didn't get him third overall. The way his season's going. Uh, ninth overall, though. Cunningham, eighth overall. Kyle Cunningham. Good. Consistent, too. He is, which is pretty rare. Right. Kyle Cunningham and consistent. I haven't been using the same sentence very much. Uh, Blake Wharton was terrible. He's supposed to be getting better. He had a bad Bud's Creek. Alex Martin's on the Rock River team. Almost scored points both motos, which for him would be a start. And, uh... Yeah, Cole Seeley was up there too. And Cole was another guy after the race that told me the break, the, the short break just really got to him, and he just faded. He just said, I got tired. <laughs> so that's good. I mean, I mean, it's he good. was fast. He, he was, was strong yeah. fourth. Like, I was like, man, he might get fourth, and yeah. then you could just see it. That's kind of know. where he like hung his hat on JT after the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I got speed. You know, I just got to get in better shape. So, you know, you're always trying to. Look on the right side, like Andrew Short. Yeah. Um. What else? Anything else? Two fifty wise. I'm just really, really bummed that Turlo thinks I'm not a fan. Why do you hate him, Weege? Yeah. I don't understand. He's just a kid, bro. He's only got boy strength. <laughs> That's what he told kid, me. Kid strength. Barsha yeah. has boy boy oh, strength, yeah. and I have kid strength. That's it. He's got kid strength. Uh, Barsha's got boy strength. Villapoto has man strength. Dude, he's hilarious. I, I go over there on Saturday morning, and I'm like, hey, I know you're probably getting pulled in a million directions, but I, I feel like I should chat with you for a little bit. And he goes, oh, yeah, I know. You need to do your, hey, I talked to Adam Cincerillo earlier today, and he said he's feeling good conversation. And I'm like, exactly. Right. <laughs> so then you're exactly. Like, so then you're like, okay, thanks. See you later. No, he's like, I just feel really nervous. And I'm like, but, that's awesome that you would actually admit that. Yeah. So I thought we were good. I was really hurt when you said at the end of the day that he – says that I bury him. Well, I think he mentioned Boyer first. No, Alden, Alden backed you up. You up. Or later on, I saw Alden, and he's like, hey, my guy Cincerillo, he really feels that you get on him. And I'm like, what? Yeah. He's like, I tell you him he do. needs to just, he's a professional now. He needs to just not read this stuff and ignore this stuff. That, that's the media's job. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't even, I, I agree with you, but I don't know what I did that was so bad. I don't know, man. You're just a dick like that. <laughs> it's well known. Right, JT? Like, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty much one of the, you know. Truths of the world. Absolute truths in the pits. At least I got Nicoletti. <laughs> At least I'm on that bandwagon. That, that is mine. You get off that. I want it. I'm coming in with box cutters. <laughs> He's like Rocky. I'm jacking it. Uh, Rocky, my dog, who I'm still yes. angry about. Yes. Um, he takes what he wants. <laughs> He's a nihilist. 
Uh, all right. Southwick this weekend. Looking forward to that. Last ever Southwick. John Dowd is going to retire. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the real deal. I asked John about it. He's, he's confirmed. He said he's going to end his career where it started. Really? Yeah. He's got, if you go to John Dowd's Facebook page, go there now, folks. Uh-huh. He's got John Dowd Last Ride t-shirts. Wow, that's marketing. Who, who knew he was such a good marketing? Yeah, John Dowd. He needs to talk to Nicoletti. What's that? He has Facebook. He needs to talk to John. Nicoletti. Why? Good marketing. Point. Marketing. Oh, marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Phil did change his nickname on Twitter to Filthy. Yeah, and then Coy could sell him the Toyota. <laughs> right. Right, with some T-shirts. Look, the kid yep. made T-shirts. They said fil- <laughs> they say filthy on them. What more do you want? We can put a Toyota logo on there. The filthy tundra. <laughs> right. Um, look, you go riding in, in your tundra, and the tundra gets filthy. And we have filthy. <laughs> He'll clean the truck even for a ride. Um, John Dowd's going to retire. Jesus. He's 48 years old. <laughs> I know, but just the... the who knew? You want to upset even, like, if you think fans can get upset even more about this Southwick thing. Now it's also causing Dowd right. to retire. Right, right, right. Like, it just makes it even worse. Screw you, Coombs. Oh, God. <laughs> you took our race, <laughs> and now you're taking our junkyard, dog. <laughs> uh. I've heard the VFW has been mobilizing. <laughs> They're gonna, they got their little Fez hats on. Yes, and they're ready. They're, oh, wait, those are Shriners. They have musket loaders, <laughs> and they're coming with it. I, there is some sort of move afoot to save Southwick. I've got an email from somebody. A uh, move afoot. Yeah, there's a move afoot. <laughs> Paul Revere What on his horse. <laughs> are there going to be any redcoats there? <laughs> I mean, can they save it? It's not even up for savable ability, is it? No, I think it actually potentially could be. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's And we're you joking. Know what? It's probably we're, one of the yeah. I think it's one of these deals. This is kind of the vibe I'm getting. Like, let's say Let me guess. Wait, wait, wait. It boils uh, down to money. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, uh and it's yeah. not And, and I, what I mean by that is yeah. and this is just the vibe I'm picking. I haven't point blank asked anyone, but like I'm hearing around. It seems like it's one of those deals where, like, well, we want to pay a completely ridiculous, un- unfathomable, unsustainable amount of money to keep this motocross track here. Well, then you can do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that type of thing. And I'm joking about the Coombs thing. People think probably think it's MX Sports. It's got nothing to do, to do with MX from what I understand. Yeah, the promoters, Ralph and Diane, they, um, who took it over from uh, the old – the late, great Bernie Yellen, who was the original Southwick guy, right? Um, like, they are the promoters. You know, it's no different than the Robinsons at Unadilla, the Huffmans at Washougal. They and the VFW couldn't come to an agreement. So, yeah, that's it. They're the promoters of that track. I, I may or may not be bringing an empty jar this weekend to collect Southwick Sandin. There won't be a Southwick left to race on, even if they did come next year, because everybody's going to do that. Oh, really? Come on, you know every. You think you're the only one that came up with that one? I do. I do think I'm the only one that came up with that. Yeah. Well, wait till you watch a TV show and Emig brings it up. Oh, really? He did. And so anyone that watched TV show also now has the idea. That's my idea. I'm still digging Southwick sand out of my ears and my 
cracking my butt from all the years I raced there, so you can have some of that. <laughs> all right, just yeah, just make me a little pile off to the side right. if you can. Um, all right, man, that's John Dowd. Gonna retire. I know. What if he goes one one? Just that's it. Just reaches back into the heavens. I mean, God. one in nine. God, he right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like only three years ago, when he was only 45, <laughs> he almost did win. So, um, man, that's that's crazy. Well, so what about Larusso and Barton and and those guys? I mean, uh, Scotty Cata. What about Scotty Cata? Is that it for them too? But Dakotas. <laughs> Dakotas, yeah, good, good point. I, know I think, I I think he's done, but that's a whole different deal. What if they just line up all the famous NESC riders and all of them just go out? Just Robbie Marshall. Don't forget Robbie Marshall. They light, right, they light themselves on fire. <laughs> Robbie Russell. Marshall's hurt. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, and, and, be back and the rumors were that Matt Gerke was going to come back, even if he had to like tape his wrists with, with sticks on each side. Um, what do you know about that? Anything else? We, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll be ready. But. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so either. Huh? Did he just start riding? Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yeah. Last week. All right. Brett Metcalf's racing Southwick. That should be interesting. He's yeah. top ten, right? Do we all agree on that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Especially uh, Southwick. He's obviously yeah, good there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his bike's probably not going to be you know on point as much as it was on the factory days and all that. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be top ten. He looks like he's in shape, judging from his Canadian rides. So. I don't want to say stamp it, but I think there's a there's a chance for sure. I don't think he's on the on the form that we've seen him previously. I smell a bet. I smell a bet. That's just Rocky's urine. Oh, okay. <laughs> JT, we will discuss this off air. I will take Brett Metcalf for top ten all day long, all day. Would you like to do the deed to my house? What do you need? I'm not well. In this economy, your house isn't worth a lot. No, especially not here in Vegas. It's yeah. it's soaked with urine as well. <laughs> so, all right. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to put Medi down. I just think, you know, the Medi where he is going to go out and win a moto. He's not on that. No form one's right saying now. that. Nobody's okay. saying that. We just super cheap, so he won't bet on that. But yeah, I like how these bets seem to work. Where no one ever any pays anybody you just set up a new bet the next week that seems to be the <laughs> oh same. i was paid no 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 i was offered to set up a bet and i paid i'm like nope i paid my michael lessey hangtown bet but jt seriously needs his, his book if he were to write like you've got some some ledge some action going jt with different about four different dudes and i don't i don't mean action in the weirdo way <laughs> that was horrible <laughs> you've got well action is you know betting is commonly referred to as action and dudes are required, you know, commonly referred to as men. Yeah, I like to keep it interesting. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. No doubt Wygant's got one bet, and that's against Cianzarillo. He'll take it against anybody who wants to. Um, I lost money on Adam. I said he'd be top ten. I lost two bets on Adam. Oh, we're gonna get, let's get the money out no, of him. No, three. One was against him, though, but I still lost. <laughs> you bet four and against them. You need to, <laughs> I did. There's this he gam- screwed me every way possible, there's which this is gamblers, kind of back to the action with dudes. Gamblers Anonymous phone line you need to call. You just went four and against the guy. Just cause I should have bet on Michael. You should have. I wonder if Michael's jealous of Adam. Did he change it from the Michael because he knew MC had already been taken? 
Is that the whole issue? I don't know. What about Adrian Honestly, though, that's funny that you say that about Conrad because if there is one person whose name I've heard sworn at over and over in Supercross, it's Conrad from scoring. Apparently, he didn't Conrad. Even flinch, man. According, he didn't even flinch. Yeah. I was basically like a fly on his shoulder. According to, according to, there's a lot of things that Conrad can't do or doesn't do correctly. So, do we call? Do we call Michael Adamson's real Mac? Oh. Mac. And then there's also J Mac. Oh yes, there is. Who could forget J Mac? <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget? J- right now, J Mac was is better than this James Stewart guy. Yeah. Bubba was not in, indeed not back. He was in, he was back in practice. I don't know what happened. I, we're, we need to figure this out. We we. He's ripped though. He, he's super ripped. And but as I said, Ryan Gosling would not have won on Saturday either. It's this train is going off the tracks if it's not already off. And my weather predictions are not. No one's even laughing at them anymore. You know, now people are just going to call the cops on me. <laughs> All right. Uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX, wrap-up of Bud's Creek. Um, remember, folks, 2003, Tim Ferry, first place, Mathis Tune Machine. Uh, presented by Thor MX. Timmy was wearing Thor MX that day. It was beautiful. Uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant, thank you very much. Uh, we'll same play, same time. Same place next week for our Southwick uh, wrap-up, uh, RIP JYD. See you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.